0: This episode of Blue Shirts Breakaway is brought to you by you, the fans. That's right, go to patreon.com slash blueshirtsbreakway today to get access to our BSBOT episodes, Discord, and much more. Today's episode, we have our dear friend Jeff on to talk about the Metro. I am traveling, so I'm likely calling in or doing something from Austin after the game. And we recorded a little bit early for some of this stuff. You know, this has been a bye week, so it's not like much has happened. This the Rangers, Some Rangers won the All-Star game, pretty cool. So without further ado, here's Mark Messier, and let's get to the show.
1: Hi everybody, it's Mark Messier and you're listening to Blue Shirts Breakaway, the number one Rangers podcast. Hey Blue Shirt Breakaway fans, welcome. To another edition of the Blue Shirts Breakaway, I am your host Greg Kaplan, joined by my co-host Ryan Mead, who watched no seconds of this hockey game at a company dinner in Austin, Texas. Ryan, say hello. So, uh, hello, very doxed. Thank you, appreciate it. Uh, <laughs> I'm. Um, I, I heard uh, it was the game of the year. Is that true? Oh God, yeah. It was um, It was electric. It truly was. Uh, the first period was tough. It some questionable penalties. I'm not going to play the Ooh, the refs have it out against the Rangers card. They clearly missed one um, where Manson trips Miles Wood himself, and they just call it on Lafreniere. But the Rangers penalty kill was great. Um, Rangers power play was not. Jonathan Quick was certainly a goalie tonight, and the, yeah, I from the second period onward, it was a playoff game between two heavyweights, one from each conference. And I would sign up for seven games of this in a Stanley Cup final. No questions asked. So here's what I do know.
0: Artemi Panarin scored. Nathan McKinnon, who's a man on fire, also scored. And Lafreniere, somehow, one way or another, scored an OT. Mm -hmm. Outside of that, uh, it seems like a game that, like you were mentioning before, is just of the playoff caliber of these, like, is this the game that LaViolette has wanted to see from this team for weeks? Is what I'm asking.
1: No, I don't think so. Um, mostly because Kreider Zibanejad, something still ain't right there. Smells funny. It looks funny. Zibanejad seems like he started to get his mojo back in the third period was definitely more aggressive on the puck was shoot first, which is, you know, every time he goes into a slump, it's what I'm jumping up and down on the bed, yelling, wishing that he would do more of is just simply shoot. Get your groove back, get your confidence back, put more pucks on net. But it to me it's clear that I had the realization, and I had a little back and forth with Rob Lucker, obviously big friend of the show, love the guy to death. We disagree, it is what it is. Um, I'm of the opinion now the thing that the New York Rangers need most in this world, beyond Igor Shisterkin playing like Igor Shisturkin, they gotta f- you have to find a Thunder Buddy for Kreider and Sabana Jed. We just can't do this anymore with Blake Wheeler. And listen, I can sit here and tell you that the underlying metrics when Kapokako is on that line are great. He looked great tonight on a line with Brodzinski and Cooley. That line through the first 30 minutes of the hockey game was truly the only line generating any kind of offense and sustained offensive zone pressure for the Rangers. Um... It's to the point now where, to me, I'd rather keep that line together and go out and get a winger that works with Mika and Kreider and just let Capo cook with Brodzinski and with Cooley. The need for me with the Rangers is to get Mika Zibanejad right. The luxury for me with the New York Rangers is get a center that's better than Johnny Brodzinski. I don't know what else Brodzinski has to do for Ranger fans to think that he's more than capable of being a center on a playoff team. The problem with the Rangers is nothing going on with that third line. Problem with the Rangers is still Zibanejad ain't Zibanejad. How do we fix that? It's not Blake Wheeler. I'm sorry. How lo- much better is, how much? Oh, sorry. Go, go, go. What it just looks like tonight against the Avalanche specifically, a team that is just chock full of speed, the Aval- I, I also had this realization during the game where the Avalanche, it's not that their bottom six is good. It's simply that their bottom six is fast. You know, you, we all have friends that are dumb in the head but do one thing really well. The Avalanche, the one thing they do Everyone really well. Everyone has that friend. Yeah. The, what the Avalanche do is just skate out the building. The speed on their blades. And Blake Wheeler literally looked like he was skating in mud against Colorado it's it's just not good enough it simply is not I'm sure you saw this article today from The Athletic
0: Uh, it was uh, the fake trade between the Ducks and the Rangers Um, and I kind of I kind of broke it down myself how much better is this team with Henrique on it I, I legitimately don't know. Like, is, is Henrique just that much better than Johnny Brzezinski? I think I know some people are screaming right now saying absolutely yes, but I'm just not convinced. Well, and I don't know if that's me being a dummy
1: or, or not. Well, the argument, the argument to me is I, I, I do get it to a certain extent. You're, people are worried that Johnny Brzezinski in a playoff series mm-hmm. is not going to hold his own. I just don't know. Fair? I don't know how adding a third center to this team is going to magically make Mika Zibanejad better. And to me, the kryptonite for this Rangers right now, and again, they just beat the Colorado Avalanche 2-1. Come from behind victory. They scored their goal with under 10 minutes to go in the third period. Somehow, Jonathan Quick not only got the win, but a fucking assist in overtime. Lafreniere with a great goal to win it against the Avalanche 2-1. Great win. The reason why the Rangers weren't scoring goals early is because it was a game where the Avalanche shut down Lafreniere, Panarin, and Trocek. They weren't going to let that line beat them. So the Rangers needed to lean on Zbigniewicz early in that game. And it the only time <laughs> Zbigniewicz and Kreider looked good was on the penalty kill. They don't look good at 5v5 right now. Not until the third period when the Rangers were guns blazing. So to me, I don't think bringing Adam Henrique into this team to make the lineup deeper when he's going to play on a line that, quite frankly, I feel fine about right now. I, in fact, like it. He's coming in to replace someone on a line that's currently working. It's not going to help the line that isn't working. And that's Mika Zibanejad.
0: So here's my question. We agree on the Henry part. But you talked about the Thunder buddy and Mika Zibanejad needing one. And I'm sure you saw the comments from Vitrano over the weekend saying that who does he like to play with the most or in his career. I don't know if it was that was the question, but he pretty much came out right and said Mika Zabinajad's the guy I like to play with.
1: Well he's not i think idiot. there's a little
0: jockeying there.
1: He's not an idiot, right?
0: He's not. There's some jockeying, right? He knows. There's two years left on his contract, but he knows.
1: Yeah. I I still I, I, here's the thing though. While I'm not a huge fan of it at face value because I don't want the term, we at least know it works. So if you want to bring him in because you know it's going to work, he's having a career year, he's not going to be worse coming back, playing next to Mika Zvenejad, a player that jump-started his career. If, If your argument is to limit the amount of question marks as much as humanly possible, I actually understand bringing Vitrano back for that. You are acquiring a known quantity that works in the role you're going to ask him to play. Cool. I'm in. (sighs) But it's just it. What does that cost?
0: What does that even cost? I I can't even imagine what that is. Like If if we call the the Anaheim Ducks, we're like, we want Vitrano, He's on pace to score 30 goals this year. You you have him under control. We'll give you Brett Bedard and a, a conditional second that can become a first. Are you in? Is it, do they hang up?
1: If you're asking them, if you're asking them to retain salary for an extra year, you're probably just gonna have to swallow the first straight up. I don't see a way. And that's
0: with no Henrique, right? Like the Henrique is not involved. Oh,
1: period. yeah. I think if Henrique's involved, you're talking about a first, and then you're trading the conditional second on top of that. You're essentially which is
0: like 2027. 20,
1: yeah, and that you know two first round picks essentially for. Henrique and Vetrano is too high a price. No at the same time, you know, you could eat all of well, you can't get both. The problem is you can't get both. If you have to choose between Vetrano and Henrique, you should just be choosing Vetrano. That's where I'm at at this point in time. He fills the bigger need with this team. Um, cuz he actually gets Sabanage
0: going and he can shoot In a way that no one else on this team, and I'm hesitating here to think if there's anybody else, but he shoots in a way that no one else in this team does right now. I know he's shooting 13% for the season. I know he's having an incredibly efficient year. I know he's on pace for 30 goals, but he knows how to play with both those guys. And outside of Pavel Butchnevich, we've seen how many people play with them well. One, it's Frank Vitrano.
1: Yeah, and to me... So the, the, the other argument that someone is probably saying on this podcast right now is, well, if something happens to Brzezinski, you're going to have to lean a lot on Barclay Goodrow. And I hear you and I get that. At the same time, can I more easily overcome having to give Barclay Goodrow a little bit more playing time than could I overcome Mika Zibanejad being a total dud in the playoffs? If we learned anything from last year's loss to the devils is that this team needs Mika at the top of his powers in order to go deep in the playoffs. If I get, if I get top tier, top tier Mika and the trade-off is I might possibly have to rely on Barclay Goodrell more than I want to. That's a good trade in my eyes.
0: It is. And I think this team has survived with Barkley Goodrow playing on the third line before. I know he's not having the best year. I think they'll figure it out. Mika Zbigniewicz, like you said, last year, when he struggled in the Devil series, it was over. And I don't know if it was Tarasenko not playing well at the time. I think they were playing with Kane in some games. Things weren't really clicking on that line. And tonight's an, a, a happy night, right? Like this is a, This is a squad. We were begging to win games like this before the, the all-star break begging. I mean, if you would have told me what, if you would have told me to guess what happened tonight, I would have said Rangers lost two, one to the apps or three, one to the apps, but to fight back and to get into this game against an Aves team, that's absolutely out of its mind. Hot with Jacob Truba still suspended. That's, that's, that's a feat on its own, but Mika Sabinajad and Chris Kreider, the five, five just doesn't work. And The more I read these trade articles, the more I read into what the tea leaves is that Chris Jury can actually spill out. I just don't see the Henrique part. I actually don't see any center that works really well for them. I think the price is going to be astronomical on any center, no matter what. I think Brzezinski has shown a lot. Really, he has. I know he's a quad A player, whatever you want to call him. He's speedy. And your point about the bottom six of the Colorado Avalanche, those guys skate. You know what Johnny Brunzinski does? He actually skates. And I know he's not the veteran leader and all this stuff, the intangible, the grit, whatever you want to say. But the guy plays his ass off. He hustles. Meanwhile, on the top line, if I had to choose, I'm putting Frank Petrano back. Uh, I, Frank Petrano is probably the one thing I want most out of everything at the trade deadline. I just don't know if the Rangers can even possibly handle two years of his contract.
1: I Another knock on Brunzinski that Rob... Again, giving credit where credit is due. Because Rob isn't 100% wrong. I just have a difference of opinion about it. He, his argument is that Brudzinski for the most part, is a passenger on the line with Cooley and Kako. At the same time, fine by me. <laughs> he, he seems like a great passenger. It, he got a first-class ticket, and he's, coo- he's coasting. I love it. L- let him. He's great defensively. He's not losing anything offensively. That line does interesting things. I'm fine with it. Um... Yeah, I, it's tough. Can, can
0: we talk about Larry Brooks real quick? Just real quick?
1: Well, before, we talk, you, before we talk on Brooks, I, I do want to give credit to something we haven't talked about yet because 13 minutes into this podcast, I think the shine was coming off Peter Laviolette a little bit through this losing streak. People were losing faith. People weren't as confident in him as they were when he was 18-4 and four, per se, but we, credit has to go where credit is due. Uh, Laviolette started this game using his shutdown line of Goodrow, Pitlick, and VC against Nate McKinnon. And Nate McKinnon undressed them. Everybody. Keandre, nobody could have stopped Nate McKinnon. I am not criticizing any Ranger forward or defenseman who was on the ice for the goal against with Nate McKinnon. That was a star player being a star. And sometimes you just have to tip your cap. It's going to happen. McDavid does it all the time. McKinnon does it all the time. Sidney Crosby does it all the time. When greatness decides to be great, you're fucked. And that's what Nate McKinnon did on the Avalanche Golden Knight. But, LaViolette realized that Goodrow, VC, and Pitlick weren't keeping up enough with McCarr and McKinnon on the ice. And he made the adjustment. He started putting Zibanejad out there against them because Zibanejad was a faster, speedier center that could match what that line was doing. And frankly... That's kind of what reinvigorated Mika Zibanejad in the second half of tonight's game. So I just need to make mention that LaViolette made a key adjustment in this game that maybe didn't lead to a Ranger goal, but it surely kept Nate McKinnon in a box, which is something the Rangers desperately needed to prove they could do. So hats off to him. I don't think Gerard Gallant makes that decision last year.
0: No comment on Gerard Gallant tonight, but uh, I... I have not wavered on my love for Lobby Let so far. I I still think he's been phenomenal in terms of messaging with this team and actually making adjustments of which we can tangibly see and talk about every single week. I under I I get what you're saying, where the shine could come off and this team wasn't playing their best. I think we talked about how it, it's somewhat on the players, it's somewhat on the coaching staff. It's a little bit of both sides, it's a mixture of both, but you're right. The strategy, like, there there are times, there are plenty of times this season where I think Laviolette's made the adjustment, and it's been just more than fair to give him the credit for it, and this is one of them.
1: Yeah. He, he saw something that wasn't working. He made a change. And then third period, same thing happened where Panarin's getting double-shifted every Every two seconds, which I
0: love that he does that. I fucking love it because Panarin has been excellent this year. He's out of his mind, and to get to play your best player when they're in their prime year, uh, turns out that's a smart idea, Greg. You bet on the talent.
1: Yeah, and another thing, Laviolette did that was really smart. The Rangers had a defensive zone faceoff in overtime. He put Barclay Goodrow out there. Goodrow won the faceoff, got off the ice, and the Rangers scored a goal. That like these are little things Laviolette does that. A coach last year would not have done for the New York Rangers. He would have put probably Mika, and that's a fine idea, but Laviolette's like, fuck this. Goodrow's going to win this faceoff for me. I'm putting him out there, and then Goodrow literally took the faceoff, skated right for the bench, did not fucking wait, just got the fuck off the ice, and it was a great play.
0: Uh, Brooks, you, you okay talking about this Brooks article? That I think is fascinating. Did you see the, the- – the only two in the last, like, I don't know, 27 years of teams that have traded a first-round pick have won the Cup?
1: I, But is is that telling, or is that just, like, circumstance? I I thought about it a lot. I think it's telling. I don't think, but, because I, I think, mean, the Vegas Golden Knights won last year, and sure, it wasn't the year they acquired. Was last year the year they acquired Jack Eichel? No, it was two years ago, right? Two years ago, yeah. So does that count as them trading a first round pick? Because they traded one to get Jack Eichel. Oh, they traded, yeah,
0: they traded a good thing. Like, it, to get Jack like it,
1: it it's it, it feels disingenuous to say in the year in which they won the cup, the Vegas Golden Knights didn't trade a, or whoever didn't trade a first round pick in order to win the cup. But they traded first round picks to win the cup. Like it, it I get what he's saying. At the same time, it's not entirely the point. I just think
0: with this, this kind of team, especially this Ranger roster, I don't know how valuable firsts are like, you're not going to get Perot every single year, right? We got, I think you and I can agree. We got lucky with Gabe Perot. He he fell. We don't know why he fell. And he's been an excellent prospect, which by the way, who knows if he turns out to be a great hockey player, but right now his stock is very high. I think he's got two
1: goals tonight in the bean pot, So the stock continues to rise.
0: He's disgusting, but we got really lucky with that but you and I have also talked about we've gone through first rounds in the past where it's like, wow, dud, 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 never made it, nothing. It's just shocking how the amount of talent that is just not there. The Rangers need these first round picks in the, in the years to come to continue to push with this core for trades and I just order rebuild and get cheap talent because without that cheap talent, uh, they're not going to continue to have sustained success if if you're trading a first, it has to be a home run. I, we're not the Jets. Like that, that's just not how it works. The Jets can trade their first. I have the best record in hockey. They're they're really pushing for it. This is their time. I, I just don't think if you're trading a first, like Henrik, is that enough? I just don't. I, I don't know how much of a difference that really makes. And I think Larry makes a good point. Like, what is the difference between? Like This team is going to live or die with this top six, not with the bottom six. And it's not like this first is is, play, is placing any value in the top six at all. It's either Igor gets it together, the defense figures it out, and the top six goes nuclear and we go crazy in the playoffs. It's not like Adam Henrique is going to be the person to to change this entire team or any center you trade a first-round pick for. I just, I just don't see it.
1: To be fair, Henrique makes the Rangers better in the macro. It, as much as I like what Brzezinski doing and as much as I appreciate what he's doing, Adam Henrique's a better hockey player. And I get that at the same time, you and I would both agree. If something happens to Vincent Trocheck or Mika Zibanejad, doesn't really matter What's if you it? have Adam Henrique or Johnny Brzezinski, you're kind of fucked. Like it's over. You're cooked. Yeah. So to me, and we've talked about this for a couple weeks or at least 10 days. I don't remember when we started talking about this time has stopped moving in my world. And I'm sure you feel similarly to me. It's about how do I use this again? I, I think it's a conditional second where it becomes a first. If the Rangers reach a certain playoff threshold. So if I have, if that's my one bullet, I really have, what's the best player regardless of position. But if I'm looking for forwards, who's the best forward I can get with that bullet. And to me, it's you're not getting a center. It's been proven. Look at what Lindholm went for. Look at what Monaghan went for. Nick, Again, I keep bringing up Nick Dowd. He's under contract next year for $1.9 million. <laughs> and he's having a great year. You're giving up a first for Nick Dowd. So if I only have this one bullet, is my team better inserting Adam Henrique or Nick Dowd into my third line? Or is my team better getting... Vetrano, Duclair, tarasenko you name it. Is my team better by trying to make Mika Zibanejad better? Or is my team better by trying to make the players under Mika Zibanejad deeper? And to me, I I just, I've landed on a very clear answer to me. Where, if this is the only shot I got, give me the higher skilled winger. Just try to fix what ails Zibanejad right now. That to can, me can I play is a the fun key. game with you real quick Define. Well, let's see how fun we're actually talking about here. I don't know if it's actually fun, but it's more questions.
0: Who would you rather have Frank Vitrano or Duclair?
1: Vitrano, just because I know it works and Duclair is not having the year. I would like, if you asked me that before so, the year started, I would have said Duclair.
0: Frank Vetrano or Vlad Tarasenko.
1: I think it's kind of crazy, but I would, I think I'd rather have Terry Sanko. I I just think the extra, then, like, year, I think the extra year of Frank is, it's just a big ask.
0: And we agree that Booch is just too expensive. That's not going to happen.
1: It's not going to happen. And the blues, they're on the periphery of a playoff race here. It Like the yep. the West, the West is very top heavy, but it's very winnable in the belly. Like. Bucinavich isn't going anywhere. Jeff's on our podcast today. Gensel's not going anywhere. We're talking about the guys we know for sure are getting traded. Um,
0: Yeah. Did I miss a right winger that you might be, you might want more than Vetrano if possible?
1: Well, again, Vetrano's such a interesting guy just because I know it works. There are plenty of it's other wingers, it. there are plenty of wingers having good years on bad teams that I that I like right now. Uh I know the name Anthony Man- Mantha, Mantha was floating around in our insider discord um last week late last week he's having a phenomenal year. There are a lot of wingers I don't know a lot of probably not going to be about that. <sighs> well they, they did not get along last year, that is for sure. Um there are a lot of wingers having really good years, which again is is why to me the obvious answer is going out and getting a winger because there are just more of them available. So you won't have to give up the premium asset to get the third best winger. You'll you'll be able to, whatever you'll give up to get Adam Henrique, who's the third best available center, you can just use that to get the best available winger or at least the winger of your choice, however you want to break that down. Vetrano to me is, is this weird... Everything, Vitrano has become this because the Rangers did something with him two years ago. And he likes playing with Sabenjad. Zibanejad likes playing with him. The Rangers went on a deep run with those two together. It, it adds up where I'm, I can't sit here and tell you that's a bad idea outside of the financials. At the same time, there's this giant Phil Heedle question mark with the Rangers where they might just have $4 million more to play around with next year that you and I aren't really expecting, which then is Frank Vitrano. So it's it's difficult. It, it it it's tough. If Frank was on an expiring contract, it's him with a bullet. But because he has term, expensive term, it's tough. And I think that's why I would go Tarasenko.
0: I think Tarasenko would force his way back in a heartbeat, too, if possible. He does have that no movement clause, which is to his advantage.
1: Yeah. Also, in- uh, we're we're getting near time where I'm going to wrap us up, but. Just because we haven't talked about it and we at least need to make mention of it. uh, I know Steve, our friend, Valaket, who's listening to this right now, eventually. (laughs) Maybe not. Well, maybe not at this exact moment, but eventually we'll hear this. I get what he's saying when he says, just leave quick and goal and ride quick right now until Igor is right. Uh, No, (laughs) I'm sorry. Igor plays Wednesday. I don't care. Get him in there. Yeah.
2: And, and you know what?
1: If you want to keep going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, fine. Until Igor finds his rhythm, if you don't want to give him two straight starts, thumbs up by me, go for it. Go with God. But no, Igor plays Wednesday. I'm not doing this bullshit where there's a goalie, there's no goalie controversy. I'm happy Jonathan Quick is playing this well. It makes me happy to know that if something happens to Igor, we're not cooked between the pipes and it's wonderful that Igor is, can struggle right now and i don't feel like the rangers are in a position in which they have to force feed igor in minutes at the same time you don't get back into a rhythm by sitting on the bench man has to play let the kid play
0: amazing uh, i think igor uh vince reported today he looked the most at ease he had all season i think maybe the all-star game maybe uh Gave him a boost, but he's got to be the he's got to be the guy. If he's not the guy, what are we doing? Is sort of the point. Yeah, I know how good Quick has been. I, I don't mind. Is there a is there a, a final task here? Is there an Alexi, Alexi Lafreniere conversation to have tonight, or is it just big goal from uh, at the end of the game and just keep moving? He's having a great season.
1: What would the conversation have been?
0: I guess the conversation is, hey, pretty good, huh? Pretty exciting. I guess that's it. You're right. It's over.
1: Yeah, <laughs> well, we need to litigate something with Alexi Lafreniere.
0: What are we doing? No, I'm happy he's scoring. There you go. That's as far as I guess it needs to go.
1: Great. I'm (laughs) happy he was put on. Oh, God. There was a moment, though. uh, Had the Rangers not won this game, there was a moment where Zibanejad had a clear lane to shoot in overtime. And again, he went for a pass. And I was in an empty house by myself sitting on a couch. And I I just – the groan I let out, I think, woke up the neighbors. They were not happy with me. But it's – just fucking shoot the goddamn puck, Mika. I'm on, begging okay. you.
0: Come on. Uh, you want to You want me to transition us, or you want to do this
1: one? Oh no, I I already did the intro. What more do I have to do? Now I have to edit this shit and actually post it myself and hope that you sent me I, the I right do files. Do, I don't know,
0: ninety nine point five percent of these. So yeah, you do to be fair you though,
1: the zero point five that I did, you sent me the wrong files.
0: I think tonight I sent you the right files, to be fair.
1: (laughs) Whatever you sent me is going up, buddy. That's it. That's it.
0: That's fine. Uh, This is enough. Anyway, uh, our transition, right? Is that how that works? You want to do it?
1: Yeah. So, uh, buddy, Jeff's on. We're talking Devils. We're talking Metropolitan. We're talking what the hell's going on. We talk about Henry, quite frankly. So, transition.
0: Looking for a super offer for Super Bowl 58? DraftKings Sportsbook has you covered. New customers can bet on the big game and turn 5 bucks into 200 instantly in bonus bets. Right now the DraftKings sportsbook has the Chiefs at +105. Download the DraftKings sportsbook app now and use code BSB. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get 200 instantly in bonus bets only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 58 with code BSB. The crown is yours. Gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia visit www.1800gambler.net in New York call 877-8 Hope and Y or text Hope and Y 46739 or 467369 in Connecticut. Help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777, or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas. Twenty-one plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire in 108. 108- what 168 hours after insurance see dkng.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions terms and responsible gambling resource hey yo i'm here to tell you about the official ticket sponsor of this podcast that's right it's tick pick want to go to ranger game sometime soon well actually a few of us will be going to an away game it'll be february 24th flyers versus rangers in philadelphia few of us will be going down, so if you want to meet beforehand, use TickPick and use promo code BLUESHIRTS15. Already use that promo code for your one-time use to get $15 off any time or any price over $99 of tickets? Use use BLUESHIRTS10. TickPick's actually sponsoring the outing on our side, so you're going to get some money off either way. Meet us down there for the game, or if you want to go to any other Ranger game or event, use TickPick. Download the app. It's super easy to use. You can track the prices, see when more inventory comes in. It's We've used it for years. I use it to go to every single event I have over the past, I don't know, seven years at this point. The price you see is the price you get. Hashtag no fees. The whole thing up front with TickPick. So on checkout, use promo code BLUESHIRTS15 to get $15 off $99 over any order, any order over $99. And we'll see you at the game, hopefully some of you, on February 24th. Back to the show. Hey, we're back with our guest of the day. We have our dear friend, Jeff, and uh, a resident Devils expert. Jeffrey, how are you?
2: I'm good. I'm good. How are you guys? We're
0: doing good. Like, you know, nine days off of Rangers hockey. Kind of nice to have not to worry about it. Only get to worry about my other team stinking it up in big games. So, uh, yeah, good times, Jeff. But, uh, (laughs) yeah, yeah, laugh it away, Greg. Feel free. Um, Yeah, Jeff, we have a lot of Well,
1: listen, Jeff and I are both a fan Hold on, Jeff and I are both a fan of a soccer team that hasn't lost in at least 23 straight matches, and I think that deserves some credit and uh, highlight right now. Oh, yeah, it doesn't uh, matter
2: what league they're playing in or what level of competition. The fact No, no, no. no, they yeah,
1: no. Never lost. Unbelievable. Yeah. Uh,
0: look, you guys, congratulations. Uh, I'm miserable and I want to die. Anyway, um, Jeff, so the Metro this year, I don't know if you've heard about it, is pretty bad. Uh, and what I want to start with you is pre- a pretty simple question. Look, it's been the year from hell for the devils. I think we can all agree. Everyone on this podcast expected the devils to be first in the Metro at this point. This isn't even me gaslighting you. The team is mega talented. Obviously Jack Hughes is hurt. Is this a year to trade and try and get back into the race? Or is this just sort of a lost year in your eyes?
2: I think it's absolutely a year to trade and get back into the race. If only for the reason that Jack Hughes is coming back. And what are you telling your star players and talent? You know you're playing for if you're not going to give it all once you have like the full roster back as you said like it's been kind of the year from hell we're not as far out of it as we kind of should be uh based on the way things have been playing like you said the metro is pretty weak like there are spots still up for grabs uh for these teams and i think if we at least get you know jack back in the near future hopefully it'll be like this week um they can show you something before the trade deadline and you can have a more clear indication of, you know, if it's even worth it to give up some assets to uh, make a trade.
1: Can we, can we, Since we're on the topic of Jack, can we talk about the Jack discourse a little bit? I'm not sure how familiar any of you guys are on it. I'm assuming Jeff understands a little bit about it. Ryan, have you seen any of this Jack discourse that he shouldn't have been in Toronto for the All-Star game if he's hurt, even though he wasn't playing? And it got people upset?
0: Uh, I think, look, you can get people upset about anything. Uh, Jack Hughes is a star of the game, a face of the NHL. And this is their, for all all intents and purposes, the show-off part of the season. It's supposed to be fun. It's supposed to show off the product and maybe have uh, certain commissioners answer some hard questions and then try and deflect on them. But in this situation, Jack Hughes should be there. Absolutely. Look, he's just coaching, not playing. I don't
2: care if he's just coaching.
0: Who cares? That's fun.
2: I, just, I think you're I, just I, creating I, narratives here, Greg. Then I'm not. I thought really it
1: was ridiculous. I thought it was honest to God ridiculous. The team released a statement and news update that he was returning home from Toronto early to continue his rehab because the discourse reached a certain pitch online. That's no, but there's silly to numerous
2: me. things that go into this. One being the fact that the league was a little shady about whether Jack was going to play in the skills competition and or all-star game. And I think they were more not showing their hand for PR reasons that they want people to actually tune in. And if Jack Hughes, maybe will be there, I guess that's a draw um, to get people to watch the draft. Um, I understand that from a marketing perspective. Uh, I definitely would not want his first game back to be in an all-star game. I think that that would show uh, a real bad look to the team and to his uh, injury uh, healing process, whatever you want to call it uh, recovery. Um, But that wasn't the case, and I think more so they told people he was back in Jersey because that means that he's working on getting back on the ice and not fucking around in Toronto with whoever he's hanging out with. Let's go back to the Devils
0: for just a moment. Right now, it looks like both wildcard teams are going to come from the Atlantic, meaning you're going to have to slide up into third place to get into the playoffs. Right now, the Philadelphia Flyers behold that spot. At 56 points, the Devils sit at 51. Uh, to be fair to the Devils, the Flyers have played three more games, so there is plenty of room to improvement there. But do you do you see sort of because I think there might not be a wild spot coming, a wild card spot coming from the Metro this year um, for this task to be even harder and maybe re- a reason to not go for it? Is it's just like no matter what, we're going for it with Jack.
2: I, I think I kind of boil it down to like looking at where we are in the standings, and you know. The wild card, that conversation could change in a week. I'm sure a week ago, I think we were like two points out of Tampa and then things just kind of fell the other way. Um, So that's not completely out of the question. I think we would be a better team than Detroit the rest of the way or should be, um, but that's still yet to be seen. But as far as the Metro goes, I think that's all the more reason we should kind of be buying at the deadline as it stands right now, because like you said, we have three games in hand. If we win all three of them, we're one point ahead of them. Who knows what Pittsburgh's going to do with their other two games, but it, it's like right there for the taking. And you think, or I would think over the course of the remainder of the season, the New Jersey Devils should be better than Philadelphia Flyers and the Pittsburgh Penguins. And that's good enough reason for me alone to still have optimism in this team, because as bad as things have been, if we get our star players back and healthy and producing the way they should, um, it shouldn't even be close between those three teams, at least like you said, the conversation we were having at the beginning of the year Uh, still remains to be seen how much effort they're going to put on the ice uh, to accomplish that goal. But, you know, it's not as dire of a situation as um, some of the devil's fans would have, you believe.
1: This is the first deadline, Jeff. I know you and I have talked about it a bunch, but we haven't talked about it, obviously on an audio forum. Uh, it's the first deadline I can really remember the last couple of years where the Rangers and the Devils kind of have the same target in mind. I think there were Ranger fans last year that wanted to be on, in on Timo, even though they were never in on Timo, And there were Devils fans that wanted to be on Artemi our, our Panarin, but free agency is different than what the trade deadline entails. And this year, it's the Devils need a center. The Rangers need a center. There aren't a lot of good ones available. And the best remaining one after the Monaghan – And um, Lindholm trades is probably Adam Henrique. And it's the first time the Rangers and Devils, since post-letter, they're going heads up for the same deadline target. And it's also complicated when you consider Henrique is more of a Jersey legend and you have to deal with the fact that for you, it'd be a homecoming or it would be a nightmare seeing him in a Ranger jersey. I know you're a big Henry guy. I know we've talked about what the price would be. Have you even considered for a moment what it would look like to see Henrique in a Rangers jersey?
2: I can't are we sure that he doesn't have the Rangers on his 10 team no trade list? Has that been confirmed or denied by anybody because he does have a no trade list, correct?
1: He does. But are we okay. sure he wouldn't accept the trade if the if the Ducks asked him to accept a trade to the Rangers?
2: I, I would like to believe, having known all the things that I do about Adam Henrik, I mean, full disclosure, his jersey is hanging in my closet as we speak. Um, and I wore it to the game that the Ducks played them, and uh, he shoved two goals in my face. So I definitely want him back on the good side of things. <laughs> um, pretty sure his picture is still autographed hanging up in some bars in Hoboken. I know uh, the last time I was there hanging out with Keith, he sent him a picture, and Rico took it pretty well. Um, I think he's definitely got a soft spot for his Jersey roots. Um, and, you know, don't, don't ruin my, my dreams here. Okay. Like it's, <laughs> the trade list is still possibly out there. I would hope that we, he would have the ranges on there. Um, and you know, I, I'm not too worried
1: about it. Needless to say you would give up a first round pick for Adam Henry. Cause that's, you don't want to believe that's what it's going to cost. Even though I keep telling you that's what it's going to cost.
2: Have you talked to Ryan about this? Can we clarify this once and for all on the air? I never said that he wasn't worth that. I just said it, a first-round pick is involved. There has to be some retention. There's no way that somebody's trading a first-round pick straight up for the full salary of Adam Henrique Oh,
0: that. have you seen the market, Jeff? It's pretty rough. I, out there, right? I have. Have
2: you seen how much Sean Monahan makes? Like it's it's a third of what Henrique does, and caps situations still matter to this. Um, and I, like you said, we're both in the same market for a center, but it's also not like a top line center. We're all looking for kind of depth in this role. And it's like a, a very weird calculation. I, I get what you're saying about the, the demand being higher this year or the lack of supply, um, whatever's driving up the cost. But just look at the history, even the recent trades. Like I, I know Vanca- Vancouver paid a buttload uh, in the Lindholm deal, but I, I think they're going to be the, you know, the outlier here. Um, you know, the fact that if, if that was the price and somebody was willing to pay it, I'm pretty sure that deal will be done right now, but, but who knows what they're thinking.
0: I, maybe, maybe it is, you, you, you pay the first and you get some retention. That's true. I mean, caps really tight around the entire league, right? I think we can agree on that point. Maybe it's a bigger package. Maybe you're getting Henrique and another player. Uh, from the Ducks. Because yeah,
2: for the Devils, I'm assuming if they make that deal, Gibson's going to be involved somehow. Or if they make a deal with uh, the Flames for a defenseman, they're going to want Mark Markstrom in that. If that's actually an ideal, uh, that's actually going to be real, like, who knows? But, you know, th- these are the types of trades that I would expect the Devils in particular to, to make. I think Fitzgerald is not really going to be in the rental market, again, for the reasons you said before. You know, should they even be buyers or sellers at this point? But if your seller's on a two-year plan versus oh, just the rental for this year, th- then they're probably going to be uh, – I'm, I'm flip that. They're buyers on a two-year plan. That makes more sense no matter what the team looks like right now. Uh, and then you have that gamble for this year, and it can still pay off into next year. You're not pushing all your chips in um, in one thing. So um, I, I trust in Fitzgerald, really.
1: Where are we – I feel like we do a, a, a status check every time you're on in regards to Lindy Ruff. Where are we with Lindy Ruff uh, at current present moment? If you ask a lot
2: of people on Twitter, I would say they're in the pro fire rough camp. I am not there yet, but I would understand it. Um, at this point, I think there's just, there's too much goodwill for me still from last year and just the development of the team from what it was to what it is now. Um, obviously part of that's player personnel, but I also saw career years last year from Jack Hughes, Nico Heischer, Jasper Bratt, Dawson Mercer, Dougie Hamilton. Luke's been put to good use. Nemitz come up and he's looked like a stud. Like all the guys that should be performing and developing are performing and developing.
1: This, the this goaltending. Is a, <laughs> the, I but not to cut you off. Cause I want you to talk about the goaltending a little bit. I'm just embarrassed for myself, Jeff, that I have not realized these similarities between this year's New Jersey Devils and last year's New York Mets quite as strongly until you started talking. You're, you're, you are in the Buck Showalter zone, where I get it. You don't want to blame Lindy for anything because you have to give credit to Lindy for a lot of what he did well last year, and you're. Ryan and I spent many a summer podcast about me bitching at how we can't just be angry at players anymore, and we have to find deeper meaning. Jeff, you're you're a Met fan. <laughs> this is it. You've done it. You're are, officially are we one of that, us. That Dougie Hamilton is the Edwin Diaz of the New New Jersey Devils. Wow, good the call Hamilton. there. Good call. No, I'd say I'd say Pete Alonso. You forget that Pete was injured and was ineffective when he came back from injury for a large part of last year's season.
2: So he's a Timo Meyer. I get it.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'd say so. This is stunning. I can't believe I haven't noticed this before.
0: Uh, Mets, everybody. Greg wants to talk to you talking about the goaltending, Jeff, and how much I do want.
1: Yeah, it's <laughs> terrible.
2: No, so goaltending team defense is like an ongoing storyline within the Devils fan base. Who's at fault for why they're playing so terrible? Um, for me, what it comes down to when I was on the season preview. You said to me, we're asking basically like, what's very high on the team, but like, what's the thing that can cause this to kind of all fall apart? And I, one of my answers that I gave was if they didn't have that fight or that urge to really get that next goal, come out and perform like full 60 minutes. Um, And unfortunately that's exactly kind of what's happened to the team uh, where they haven't started games. Right. You know, they haven't looked like a cohesive unit. Um, And I think, the team defense and the goaltending has been bad and almost league, the league-worst goaltending for a large portion of the season. I don't know, Igor might have uh, helped out a little bit of that lately. Yeah, um, you but, but I think what it's just like the little mistakes and details and turnovers that they're making uh, when they do make them are being magnified by the terrible goaltending. And I thought that VTech would be able to get us through the season, his record is still kind of good like it's, it's surprising the number of games that the team has managed to win in front of him uh playing the way that he has but i think that uh, just the change is, is straight up needed i think one of either either schmidt or dawes can eventually um kind of take more of the load but they they have to get top level goaltending from somewhere else just so that when they do make those errors and make the most those mistakes at least it's going to be stopped once in a while. I I literally watch the, the Devils turn over the puck and the other teams going the other way. I just assume it's going in. And most of the time it actually does. So um, if I could eliminate that from my life, I think the Devils are going to win a lot more games um, and then definitely be a playoff team if, if that's the case.
0: It's why Gibson makes so much sense and why the Henrique thing makes so much sense. It's also insane to me that we don't know the no trade list of any player until after the trade happens or when it's really close. And you're right. New York could be on Henrik's list.
2: It wouldn't surprise me. It feels like something that would be out there now, when people are reporting on all these. Oh, could go here, could go there. I know they're not going to give up that information, but G- somebody's got know that it's not going to happen. Somehow. Can I
0: please bring to your attention that we didn't know for I don't know years we kept telling we kept we we're hearing the cap would go up, and then someone finally read the CBA and they said it's a five percent maximum uh, ascension every single year, and that's as far as the cap can actually arise. And we're, Greg and I looked at each other and said. Why has no one reported this for many, many years? I don't know how this is in common knowledge.
1: It's a great question. But at the at the same time, the crazy thing to me is, I get it, insiders in the NHL, they're not great, blah, blah, blah. But a lot of the information does come from agents. Baseball agents are smart enough to understand that if they get the list out there while trade negotiations are happening and they publicize it, they can have even more influence about where their clients are eventually go and i never understand why nhl agents haven't learned that lesson yet like i there was a two-week discourse last year about what teams were on lance lynn's no trade list and we knew him it was every contender and he's like yeah i did this so i get to decide which contender i pitch for in october and we were like wow that's smart blah 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 but in, in in hockey we just have none of that why would we Why would we want to know?
0: Because you got got to be on the same team as everybody else in hockey. If you're not, you're not my part of the club.
2: But but look at the Vegas Senators trade bullshit with the oh I didn't know that he had a list, but he did have like
1: (laughs) they don't. That's a good point. It's the the point is that NHL teams also don't know the teams on the list, and they haven't thought of asking.
2: You know, now that we're talking about all this, I think the Blackhawks should get another first overall pick. Get out of here. Uh, get that's the oh, way to up on this
0: shit right now. Um, <laughs> let's talk about the rest of the Metro, because I think it's good that you at least quick hit it. Have you been surprised that the Hurricanes are still so good without
2: goaltending, or
0: is it sort of just expected that the Rod system wins?
2: Yeah, I mean, that's that's what they're built for, right? They, they should have been that type of team all year long. Um, you know, I wish that we were going to get in those performances without – The goaltending but i i kind of look at these teams sometimes when when these players have been together for so long there's just like the margin of error just gets a lot smaller just by default um where they kind of have that cohesion they default when they're tired to those structures and those systems that are drilled into them by brandon moore so it's definitely not surprising but god damn it is it frustrating to just be like, yeah, of course they're going to be one of the top three it's teams.
0: It's so goddamn annoying, and at least they lose in the playoffs. And then that brings us, brings us to the Flyers. Uh, the, probably the surprise or one of the surprises, I would say, of the entire NHL this year, uh, they've had multiple insane storylines from Carter Hart to losing one of their first-round picks, forcing his way out, and they are still find ways to win. I, I think the voodoo magic is wearing off. They have lost five in a row at this point in time uh, and are a minus one in differential. Do you see any chance they stick around in the second half?
2: I mean, I'd like to tell myself that they're they're finally going to fall off. Hopefully, they'll run out of steam, or you know, this not having heart. There is like huge for them. That was definitely keeping them afloat um, for the long haul. Um, the trial is you know,
0: set for twenty twenty six, Jeff, and uh, the commissioner. Oh, said, don't
2: I know a lot about that trial? I'll tell you what.
0: That's true. I forgot. There's two, dev- two devils I'm on surprised it. Surprised but... you haven't
2: brought it up yet, but. Um... Yeah, I mean, it,
0: it is it, like one of the most insane moments of All Star weekends is uh, when they asked Bettman, He's like, you know, I, I I think it's a good chance they don't play again, my dude. You are the commissioner.
2: <laughs> you are yeah, the commissioner, and everybody agrees. You you get to decide, but like, yeah, we're all we're all on board for that. Like, yeah,
0: Uh yeah. Anyway, back to the Flyers.
2: Yeah, but they're kind of also like Robin Swallows. Like, why won't you die? How have you <laughs> been in the top three for this whole season? um just based on sheer will and torts energy um behind you but you know it it it's it's a tough league to play in and these players are like the highest caliber in the world and hockey is the type of game that if just everybody's playing together a little bit more than the other side you can you can beat these people um ideally they'll run out of
1: steam but it's
2: not surprising kind of the path that they've had this year
1: Greg I any thoughts don't, on
0: the, uh, those two teams. Oh sorry.
1: Well, I just can't remember the last time someone actually name dropped the actual character from Austin Powers <laughs> and not just uh referencing the lady from Austin Powers, so I want to give Jeff props for that. Uh, well, there's another joke. She goes, "What's it? Spits or swallows?" You know. That I listen, I no, I I know. I just I still can't believe someone actually name dropped it. Um I'm waiting for you to do a fook me fook you reference next on this year pod, but who who scares you the most, Jeff, in this division? I, I Just to put it bluntly, I, I mean, I know – I think your relationship with the Hurricanes is different from Ryan and my relationship with the Hurricanes because, you know, I, I treat the Hurricanes like the Atlanta Braves treat the Mets. You got to beat me once in order for me to be afraid of you when it actually matters. Um, it is there, I, I doubt there's a team behind you you're worried about, but maybe this is a good transition into the Penguins of it all. Do they – does the lore of Sidney Crosby behind you give you fear, or are you kind of in the camp of, nah, I think they're kind of cooked?
2: No, that's that would definitely going to be my answer before you pivoted to them. Because, like I said, we're looking at the standings ahead. We could catch up with the Flyers just in purely games in hand, um, and then you know play it out the rest of the way. But the, Pittsburgh might have a little bit of an edge on us right now, and between. Sid and Gino and Gensel and Latang, they just signed party as
0: well just minutes ago. Well, that means nothing to me,
2: but <laughs> I. Th- <laughs> Sorry, but like you said, the pedigree is there. They missed the playoffs the last year. They're definitely not going to miss it two years in a row. Um, and they have the veteran presidents and the top level talent to compete. Um, they're they're one that I definitely don't see going away down the stretch, like I could see Philadelphia dropping off. So if the Atlantic holds up, maybe we got to compete with them for the last spot in the Metro. Hopefully the the Red Wings aren't as good as they've been lately. Um, And there's an opening there, but remains to be seen. Um, At most, it's going to be one spot for the Metro, it seems like. Um, Hopefully we could squeeze in, but Pittsburgh is definitely the team that scares me the most coming down. Who's going to take that spot?
0: Is there a chance that the Pittsburgh Penguins just don't get off to a hot start after the All Star break? And I don't. I'm not saying they're going to trade Sidney Crosby. I think that's crazy. And those are all just like Toronto radio stories. But is it a chance they try to do like a rebuild on the fly and trade away pretty much everyone else?
2: I I doubt that they go the rebuild on the fly route just because of what those players have done for that team. Like I don't, I don't know who you're thinking of shipping off. Maybe Gensel. Gensel, um, I think he's a
0: free agent. Malkin is another uh, potential. I don't think they do that, but...
1: I don't see any scenario they trade anybody but Gensel.
2: I I think that would be a tough sell, just given the position that they're in right now. Um, But also, take a look back to how we were down the stretch last year. I think Pittsburgh had like a 99% chance of making the playoffs with like two weeks to go, and then they completely shit themselves. So, hopefully that team is still in there somehow, but I think we both know, or all three of us know, that they're still very good.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I... You're more optimistic on the Devils than I think I am. I I just think they're kind of cooked. I, I Sidney Crosby has done everything humanly possible Are you about to the, the Devils or the
2: Penguins. Yeah. Penguins. Okay, I think go. the
1: Devils will be fine. I'm sorry, you guys. You'll figure it out. I I don't know. I just I'm well, stuck well, on the well, mindset. Say the
2: Devils, really quick, It's like no matter what, I know that they're going to score goals. Like that's the one thing this year that really hasn't fallen off. there have been a few games they've struggled where they just got outplayed all over the ice. Um, but I know they're going to put him in. So you could give the goalie three goals and, and just let the defense, like, limit the fuck-ups.
1: Um, they'll be better off. But they just haven't been doing that and haven't been helping. Yeah, I mean, I was at the one game with you where I've never seen a team play worse than the Buffalo Sabres that night. Uh, it, my yeah, you box. should have seen the Devils
2: lose to the Sharks the
1: night before. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. what a- Hockey, what a sport. Um, I know. Jeff, so your biggest need, Henrique aside, you would say is you need someone else down the middle. That's that's the thing that ails the devils. The well, besides goalie. I I think really a
2: strong defenseman would help them out way more than anything down the middle. Like I, I think they can kind of survive with the top three centers of Heischer, Hughes, and Halla. Um, and then the third line, you could put a Lazar, even Tierney would get by. Um, Henrik would be a really good fit there, I think, personally, just because of, one, the history with the Devils, but also just what he gives you out on the ice. I think he could play 200 feet. He could play on the PK. Um, He's not just going to be an offensive-type player, even though that's what his stats have been this year. Um, And I think he's reliable as a veteran presence. But I think if they could get more of a top uh, middle-pairing defenseman, that would just really shift everybody down one step and, and limit their workload. That would be huge. Um, You know, the young guys have been playing well. Um, The devils were getting by really well with Brendan Smith as a forward for the the nice few games where he was also playing PK while being a forward on offense Um, that provided some versatility to them, but I think they just, they just need more structure and stability throughout and, and, Like I said, all those mistakes have kept getting magnified. If we can get somebody who's not making those mistakes, uh, that would be great. But, you know, it's just kind of growing pains of the the youth of the roster that they have right now. Non-hockey question. Oh, sorry. No, I'm all done. I was just going to repeat myself.
0: Non-hockey question to finish up this uh, little conversation we're having. The 2026 World Cup final will be in New Jersey. What are we doing?
2: Uh, I think we're drinking on my roof that and sounds like watching a good idea. it through binoculars. Yep,
0: because there's no <laughs> way we're getting tickets. That's for fucking sure.
1: Well, <laughs> maybe I'll Airbnb there. my place to some foreigner. Oh, that's this is good. Good idea. I mean, but the United States also isn't going to be playing in the final. So why would we go?
0: You you wouldn't want to go to a World
1: Cup final? I would want to go. Uh, I'm a weirdo. I wouldn't want to go unless the United States was involved. No. Really? Huh. Yeah.
0: I mean, I'm a, a couple, purist. There's five games going on in Philadelphia. I'm going to try and go to anyone there is. I don't really care who's play. I think it's just. I fun. would right say he's going to
2: leave a bachelor party to go to Belmont <laughs> at Saratoga, but he's not interested in attending yeah, the World well, Cup final.
1: Horse racing is goddamn American, Jeff. I don't know what to tell you on that front there. Uh, also, fuck John. I, how many times do I have to be angry at him on this year podcast network before people get the message that he's a jerk? Who has. I gave him one weekend. One. This is historic what's happening at Saratoga this summer, and he's making me decide if I'm good enough friends with him to go to his bachelor party. And That's you are, you're leaving. <laughs> I, I hate that I'm going to eventually cave and not leave, but I, I – You should I, leave. I I want to – is going to say one fucking thing, and I'm out of there. <laughs> like, just the first word of out, of out of his mouth, I'll just go two days early and sit outside. I don't care.
0: Personal drama for everyone to enjoy out there. All right. um, Jeff, do you think there's anything we didn't cover on the Metro? Obviously, we didn't talk about the Islanders. Not sure we need to. That's no offense to them. They obviously changed coaches. But overall, the Metro, and including CBJ, is a uh, a disaster. An absolute disaster. But just just curious, going up and
2: down, if I missed anything that you want to talk about. No, I I think the fact that you're not even bringing up the Islanders is kind of interesting. Just one quick note on that is like, could not be more of a loo hire at coach um, (laughs) to get him in there. Like just, you know, really puzzle pieces fitting together over there. Um, You know, there's still not an easy out. Like I said, I really don't think a lot of teams are. Um, You kind of have to bring it every night and and can't sleep on them. Uh, Something must be in the goaltending water this year because Sorokin has, it's not really been what we would expect from him either. Um, So it's just interesting that they're not, even in the conversation, at least your conversation.
0: It's funny because the devils and capitals are tied in points. And I'm like, the devils are alive. The capitals are dead. I, I, yeah. And dead. I'm
2: still pissed about the two times that I saw the capitals beat the, the devils at home this season for basically no reason. And it's, it's been present in the standings ever since. And i look at it every time the
0: devils are, uh, the devils are a minus seven differential where the capitals are a minus 31. That is a big time. Yikes. It's a big time. Yikes. Uh, Greg, any final questions for our dear friend?
1: Uh, no, I did see American fiction though, Jeff loved every second of it. Good I, good was gonna Z- I was going to see, I was going to see zone of interest today. And then I remembered we had to do a podcast. Turns out, turns uh.
0: out. Well, Jeff, thanks so much for taking the time today, man. We really appreciate it. We'll talk to you soon.
2: Appreciate
0: it, guys. Hey, we're back. Thanks to have for joining us. Uh Talk a little bit around the Metro and devils. What the hell is going on there? Uh, it's funny that I think you and I are more positive about the Devils than most Devils fans. Hmm. It's very strange.
1: Uh, yeah i i I think you and I still have it stuck in our head, going all the way back to before the season started. Where when we had Jeff on to do a preseason prediction, uh, we essentially said if you got Connor Hellebuck, we can we're comfortable giving you the Stanley Cup right now. I think well, that that's a that's something that came out of my mouth.
0: We also called the Jets. We were like, what are they doing? It uh, turns <laughs> out
1: training a first round pick to get Moynihan. So there you go. Well, they have like the best record in hockey. So I guess Listen, well go I'm just it. happy. I'm happy they did it. I don't want him. So God bless. Thank you for taking him. I now don't have to deal in Sean Moynihan discourse ever again.
0: Uh, I'm sure you saw the Elliott Freeman, and this isn't the open of the show. Spoiler alert, we're recording this before the uh, uh, before the open. Uh, it's like, I, I wonder if the Rangers are going to go out and get two centers. It's like, really? Who? <laughs> like,
1: I do, but but, but that's centers. not just him saying it. I, I think Brooks has said it as well. I just, still just don't know where... I hear them say the words. They have never told me where these guys are going to play because I look at the Rangers lineup and sure, I think people want to upgrade over Johnny Brudzinski, but where's the other one playing, Ryan?
0: I, I legitimately don't know. We've, I have no we've,
1: idea. We've gone every week going through
0: like, we, we, here's why we think we can't trade for a right winger because Kako might be useless after that. So what are we doing? Even though I think they want to trade for an elite right winger if they can.
1: I also think it's really easy and fun for insiders and other NHL teams to say, the New York Rangers want X, Y, and Z because it drives up the price. It's a lot of the same reason why even though the mets were never and i said this over and over again this offseason in the business for any starting pitcher not named yamamoto or a designated hitter they were never in the market but they always got connected to these guys why agents knew it was smart that's it's that simple
0: it turns out it's like a very easy playbook like guy with a lot of money might want to sign my player i am going to lie about it who knew
1: man also hard week for you huh we didn't i'm sure we didn't talk about this in the open we didn't. Do you want to talk about the Orioles having money all of a sudden now?
0: Can we save uh, hard hard week corner for the, uh, the end after five stars because I have a lot to talk about.
1: <laughs> yeah, sure, um,
0: including I bought tickets to WrestleMania and I don't know if you know what happened this week.
1: <laughs> I I have a hot take on that, but we can save it for later. I do too, actually. Good.
0: Let's do some five stars. So uh, if you want to leave a five star question on the show, you can go to our Patreon, become a subscriber, and on our Discord we have a five star question channel. We read them on the show every single week. That's how that works. Mm. This first one's from Suck My Coco. <laughs> Apply, aptly named nice job with right, well everyone done. wanting to trade kako and miller what are the chances drury really trades players away that are currently in this lineup zero i think zero yeah i I'll, you know what i'll give him a one percent because i think there's a chance there's always a chance we're, we get surprised i think you and i had the under for call-ups this year it's like five different call-ups came up this year well <laughs> Hoffman, to be, we, Estros, no, no
1: we're still we're doing well um we had under Two and a half rookies playing for the Rangers this year. We have Cooley. We had Offman for a game. Oh, Edstrom. Edstrom came in there. Yeah. Can't predict Edstrom. I don't know. Mackey, <laughs> But Mackey I don't really count. He's been around. All right. uh, yeah, all right. But no, I the moves people want or are dreaming to make with Kako or Miller, listen, you and I can sit here and call them idiotic all they want. It's just not a move a contender makes – in season that is a change of direction monumental shift in organizational thinking that can only happen when you have months ahead of the next season and a training camp you do not trade a capo Caco or a keandre miller in season for another piece that is not a guarantee you just don't do it
0: you don't uh, i'm with you it, it's it's messing up the chemistry of serious parts of your team that are going to be crucial for this playoff run. Kako's the only one I could even see. Like Miller, I, I I, can't even fathom what trading him, even though he's had a he's had a really tough year. But trading him right now, I just, I don't see it. It's so crazy to want to trade Miller too, especially because we've seen the peaks of what he can do and glimpses at what he can be. And I know he's still young and I, I a lot of people would say maybe he's fully developed, but he is so far from that so far
1: yeah even the, but the kako i get it like i just don't know what player people actually think is available that is going to be worth including kapokako in a trade for and, and kako's value is
0: pretty low right now let's be honest it's yeah. just not and
1: whatever whatever trade you think you need to make today to capitalize on Kapo Kako, i promise you same deals is available for you in the summer
0: uh, let's stay on Kako. This is from or Die. If I don't get Panarin's reluctance to play with Kako. It seems to me be the most effective change right now and slot uh, Lafreniere at right wing with uh, Kreider and Mika at this point. Yeah, it's speed and scoring to line one. That's Lafreniere with defensive responsibility and cycle to line two responses out. Pretty much he's going to play the fast role. Uh, I guess we could talk about this. The only time this has ever really, really ever been reported by anybody was our dear friend Rick Carpinello on his way out had an offhand comment. I don't even think it was reporting. It was more of a comment by Rick that seemed like Panarin didn't like to play with Kako. Since then, there's been a lot of supporting evidence, but it's never been confirmed. I would say that you and I are are strongly in that camp that we don't think they like to play together. That's correct? Uh,
1: Yes, but I also I think this year it's less about Panarin not liking playing with Kako or anything like that. And more again, just La Violette thinks he has one line working right now, and I think he's risk-adverse to breaking it up. It, it, so much is not quite clicking with the New York Rangers that the one thing that does seem to click on a nightly basis is Panarin, Trocek, and Lafreniere. Mm-hmm. So if you have one thing that isn't broken, do you want to risk breaking that and now having everything broken in order to fix everything else? I I get it and this is why he gets paid the big bucks to make these decisions um it's very easy for us to sit here and say they should try x y and z but when it's your ass on the line if one of these things doesn't or does work yeah i get i i get not really wanting to be gung-ho about breaking up that panarin line right now I, i i do understand i'm not a monster
0: this is from uh, Dan from L.I. Fatal four-way match. There's a lot of wrestling questions today. No, no oh, surprise. Uh, between of Disney albums, The Lion King, Frozen versus Tarzan versus Aladdin. We had this debate in college, and people were actually saying Frozen is better than The Lion King. Who wins? I'm not a big Frozen guy, so I don't really know. It's, it would be The Lion King. I think it's hands down. So
1: I think, I, I think it's Frozen. A lot of bangers I, on that Frozen playlist, man.
0: I think they made a lot of fucking cash on that Frozen, uh, but I don't know it, so I have to big Lion King.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm do you want to? I, I know everyone goes with "Let It Go" and as you should. That was the song that won the Oscar, I think. But do you want to build a snowman? Is like emotionally crushing, on a yeah. on a way that a few other songs <laughs> just aren't. I, the Frozen soundtrack slaps. Tarzan, I get everybody loves it because it's Phil Collins. Um, what was the fourth one?
0: Uh, it's Tar uh, Aladdin. Aladdin is the
1: fourth uh, one. It's not Aladdin. I rewatched Aladdin. Aladdin the other day and I was like, wow, this movie kind of sucks.
0: Uh, this is from Adam Furlong. Gary decides the team can only acquire former players during a trade deadline. He's pretty much asking who would we acquire if it's a former player,
1: right? I don't want to. I'm not. I don't care.
0: It's not Gauthier. They cut him in the Islanders. There you go. It's not yeah, Gauthier. And the Rangers
1: could have claimed them, and they didn't. I'm a little Adam, I know you provided
0: did. a very long list of former Rangers here. The answer is Buchnevich, and it's not close. Thank yeah, you but right. I
1: just don't care about this exercise. I don't I know, know. I'm just I'm, letting you know the answer. No, I, it's that's it's great. And wonderful. And I'm, I'm so happy everyone can once again be upset about the Pavel Buchnevich trade because they need something to be upset about on a fucking <laughs> whatever day they're listening to this podcast podcast. podcast i don't know i just once my once my team trades a player i i kind of consider that guy dead i i stop thinking about him a lot i don't spend a lot of time wondering and pondering what life would be like if i had that person or asset back in my life i move on i still think about matt zuccarello anyway um i think about where i was when we had to do that emergency podcast oh man we've had a lot of those yeah it (laughs) But I also remember where I was when I made you do a Jay Bruce emergency podcast. <laughs> Me so too. like I remember a lot of stupid <laughs> shit I shouldn't remember.
0: Yep. Uh, this is from Jets Ranger 1. Why are we saying we need multiple moves or advocating giving up young assets like Kako to revamp this roster? With all the issues we have faced, injuries, key Igor Mika, etc., we're still a first place team. Why are so many not realizing well, we need to do to, what we need to do is make a counter move counter to uh, sorry, make a move to counter the loss of Phil and that this team is still a contender. I think the metrics have looked really bad over the last three weeks. The most important one is this. If Igor Shesterkin can return to 75% of what he usually is, this team will be more than fine.
1: Yeah, and again, it's, I don't think, you know, the people that are saying the Rangers need two top six players in order to be a threat in the playoffs, those are the type of people you shouldn't be taking serious anyway. That's kind of on you. But you and I are saying the Rangers need one legitimate guy, and then we just need depth. Like I, This is why I'm so gung-ho about trading and acquiring so many of those veteran forwards down in the AHL that for some reason are just blocked on random teams. I don't think the Rangers are two stars away. The Rangers want to go out there and trade for two stars. Shit, we did it last year. We, did, we can yeah, figure guys. out a way to do it again this year. That's great. But I don't think your sensible fan is not saying the Rangers need to make multiple high-level trades. There's one out there that they probably need to make, and you can argue on whether you think it's a winger or a forward or, or, or a center, I should say, or what have you. But the the Ranger fans that are saying they need multiple moves, you follow less people. Again, I beg you, stop listening to the morons. So many fucking morons out there. And everybody's retweeting them on my timeline. Stop fucking following them. I, I, what, what, come on. Like, your day's better if you don't know these Fucking morons exist. I promise you. We got Greg to that level, everybody.
0: We're here. Uh, a couple more questions. Uh, this <laughs> is from Toaster Daddy. I'm,
1: I'm hungry. That's why uh, it's... We're, we're
0: almost done. It's from Toaster Daddy. One reason I love hockey is anything can happen up until the last buzzer. I think I hate most about football is that a team could feasibly run out two minutes of the clock to win the game, where the actual play time for the whole game is 11 minutes. AKA, you can run out the clock with the equivalent 20 of the time of the ball is in play. Your opinions. How do you fix this? How would you? uh Here's the dirty secret. They don't want to fix it. They love that shit because they could talk about it on daytime TV for a very long time. Is it,
1: I don't want to fix it. I love it. I like what, what's so wrong about that? What, why does everything and trust me, hockey teams try to fucking do this too. soccer teams do this more than football teams. Everybody wants to run out the clock and every sport does it. The only sport you can't run the clock out in is baseball. It's the only because there's no clock basketball teams try to dribble out the clock use a shot clock to their advantage soccer teams try to manipulate time left in the game to their advantage hockey teams try to manipulate time to their advantage football it's so pronounced because it's the game that can do it the most effectively every game if you have the lead the goal is to limit the amount of time you have to defend that lead the only sport that isn't like this is baseball because there is no clock. Cricket
0: as well, I think.
1: Sure, I don't fucking know cricket. Sumo you want me well. to Okay, buddy.
0: <laughs> this, is, um, this is for Paul. Is there any way to get Larry David on the show? Stay tuned, Paul. <laughs> stay tuned. Uh, likely no, but stay tuned. Uh-huh. And a final question, which will probably bring us to rant and then sad corner, um, is from AZK. A wise man once said, if Cody doesn't win WrestleMania 40, what are we doing? Well, boys, what are we doing?
1: So here's my are you ready for my hot take?
0: Yeah, by the way, spoilers for wrestling if you haven't don't follow it whatever.
1: Sure. Yeah, you guys, we're not talking about anything important. We first yes. of all, you got this far, we weren't talking about anything important to begin with. Yeah, that's second. True. Uh I think if you're the wrestling fan that's like, "Ooh, why is The really Rock back?" I think you're kind of a loser. I'm going to say. Really? I think it's cool The Rock is back.
0: I agree with you, that it's cool that The Rock is back. I I I'm hoping and I'm praying this is an amazing work. Uh, Because to take Cody off of WrestleMania main event, to have the Rock fight Roman is very, 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 very strange. It makes strategically no sense.
1: I disagree. This is, we're talking about WWE that just inked a $5 billion deal with Netflix. And by the way, has one of the most heinous and disgusting legal battles about to play out in court that is going to, snarl the entire company up into and be it.
0: very public and be very very Absolutely. hard to read yeah here's
1: the thing about wrestling okay the people that ask this question that are upset about the rock facing reigns at mania i understand it and i get it what you have to remember is you're watching no matter what so they don't honestly give a shit about you they do not care because you're the your people money. that...
0: It's like the, the range, uh, Ranger fans that
1: are just like to complain about certain things. But you're there no matter what. You're you're doing it no matter what. You are in. You Yes, there are ways to make the product better and more fun for your enjoyment that, you know, more times than not, the company will do for you. But the company knows you're going to watch no matter what. You know who will now watch? The people who subscribe to Netflix that might not give a shit about wrestling before this. Because... That's the market. They are not doing this booking for you. No, no. Your booking will be the five-star classic we're going to get from Cody and Seth. It's going to be an amazing match. It's going to be technically brilliant. It's going to tell a wonderful story. They'll find a way to tie in the whole Roman aspect of this and the storytelling, blah, blah, blah. That's what you get, and you'll like it. And it might not be your first choice, and it might not be the thing that seems most fun, but you're getting that. What they need now, what Netflix needs, what the company needs, they need people who aren't currently watching to watch the thing that now costs five billion dollars. To
0: be fair, Netflix
1: doesn't start till next
0: year. So they got some time. It's but all they, you, this they
1: you need to be you're not just gonna F one is a miracle how uh Drive to Survive became as big as it did.
0: I will say that they're doing a great job on the 6 Nations rugby thing as well. It's been awesome.
1: And they it's you and I are going to be there night one when Sunderland Till I Die season 3 drops.
0: No, Absolutely. No, no question I'll be watching it the second it But <laughs> you want to know what
1: you're not watching, Ryan? <laughs> What's that? You watching Full Swing? Their golf series? Didn't no. know, didn't even know it existed. You watching Breakpoint? Their tennis series? Didn't know it existed. No. You watching Full Speed? Their nascar series (laughs) placebo driver placebo driver (laughs) netflix call me baby it's right there you know my point is these things exist in other sports Mm -hmm. and it's not going the american sports it seems to be going gangbusters for the sports that we decide we don't know a ton about and want to learn more i've watched most of breakpoint i enjoyed it i watched most of the first season of full swing I thought it was fine. I didn't watch any of quarterback, the NFL version of this that they did. It is hit or miss with Netflix Sports, and if you want to get buy-in from casuals who you are asking them not to keep scrolling down to kissing booth three, you need to start this early. And I think TKO and Paul Levesque are smart enough to understand if we can build this momentum early. And by the way, Ryan. Yeah, the deal starts next year. You don't think that Netflix is in the building recording some stuff that can drop on night one when they right. get?
0: They're they're there now. They're now. They're, they're, especially they're for WrestleMania. Now. They're gonna have like a full. They're gonna have the scenes. A
1: whole... exactly. And what's better to promote? You know how many people watched fucking Red Notice with The Rock in it? I know you and I didn't watch it. Two hundred million people watched that shit on Netflix just because The Rock and Gal Gadot were in it. 200 people, what? 200 million people watch that? A fuckload of people watch that stupid movie. Wow. Yeah. That's bad. So, yeah, guys, I get it. I, also, did we learn nothing from the Royal Rumble? Nothing. Any of these guys can get injured tomorrow. If you have the ability to do rock Roman Reigns today, just do it today. Don't it wait. Does,
0: it undermines Cody so badly, though. Like, it's it just finished the
1: story in no way. Cool. Here's the other thing. Maybe they don't want to finish the story yet. Maybe, yeah, maybe they maybe haven't they need thought see- about. They need the story to keep going because they don't know what the fucking next story
0: is. Because if Cody wins, what do we do? Like, okay, cool. He's the winner. Now what? But I, I also think.
1: I don't know. I just, I don't think it's a big of that big of a bummer that wrestling. I get it. Wrestling fans are pissed and they're angry and they're well, sad. Here's
0: the silver lining. He's Cody has now gone from over to mega over. Right. Because of this. He's incredibly over, and that's a giant bonus for the WWE. They're probably laughing about
1: it. I know. now I just, he's
0: stupidly over, and he's number one re- Number one trending on Twitter all night long.
1: I know. I just – I think people just want to be angry because I – were people too – I wasn't thrilled with him winning the Rumble. Me either. I was, I just, why would they win? What, CM Punk should win. Yeah, I just – people just want to be angry, him. man, and it's not the thing that – they thought they were promised, so they're angry. But... Well, let's go to Misery Corner then, huh? Um, so... oh, 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 well, I'm not, first of all, let's be clear. It's for Ryan. Yeah, the Mets have signed relievers I've heard about now. It's so for Ryan. I'm it's thrilled. Misery
0: Corner. Um, So, uh, what happened this week? Okay, uh, Rangers obviously on the byways, so nothing happened there. Awesome. Uh, right. They did win the All-Star game. Pretty cool. Whatever. Uh the Orioles sold to a private equity billionaire from Baltimore who doesn't have a Wikipedia page. We talked about that on OT,
1: right? Where that's, that's the scariest thing in the world.
0: Fucking insane.
1: Yeah. He
0: doesn't have a Wikipedia
1: page. It's He's crazy. a billionaire. There's crazy. not many of them. There's not that many. Yeah, we and usually know every billionaire by now. They
0: immediately went out and traded for Burns, corporate sure Burns. Dance. Yeah, uh, giving up there, nothing. for, for Legitimately nothing. They lost no depth because uh, the the depth
1: piece they lost was like the third shortstop on their prospect list. Yeah, so I guess I should be clear. Um, I like You like and I like Joey Ortiz. I think he's a legitimate prospect. He's not a unanimous top 100 guy. Professional MLB guy
0: of 10 years minimum, period. Absolutely.
1: He's, He's a piece. I mean, he's 25. He's not as young as you would like. But Joey Ortiz is going to be a league average major leaguer at minimum. So that is a good piece to acquire. It's just that when you're negotiating with the Baltimore Orioles and uh, like Joey Ortiz, the problem is the Brewers have a good system too. So Ortiz isn't even a top five guy for for the Brewers right now. But you are in a position where you are negotiating with the one organization that should be able to trade a top 50 guy for Corbin Burns. Don't even... I get it. I don't like DL Hall. I don't know if you're a DL Hall guy. I am not. I think he's a reliever, and relievers are side of the road guys with these well, just the the, five deuce. It's hard to hit on pitching prospects, and Tinset. you're not going to hit one that's 25 that you're acquiring in a trade. But you're you're the Brewers, and you have the Orioles with new management, new money to spend, essentially in a position of strength. If you're the Brewers, to finally get. I'm not even – at. none of us are saying they should have got Jackson Holliday. None of us are saying they should have gotten Gunnar Henderson. None of us are saying they should have got Grayson Rodriguez. They could have gotten Jordan Westberg. They could have gotten fucking uh, Heston Gerstad. Like, you could have asked them for their fifth best prospect, who's a top 50 guy.
0: Got bad news, buddy. The Orioles now have money, and they have the best farm system in – Uh, in the league and they're going to have at least like 10 under contract ridiculous players the next six years bad news for who
1: bad news for me i don't gotta play them bad news for yankee fans listening that's for sure i'll tell you that yeah i i know this is a bad week for you i get it this was a cataclysmic week for the new york yankees because now they're they weren't the richest team already but the yankees got a new multi-billionaire owner in baltimore they already have to deal with the Ray's bullshit and theo's back in boston
0: i know <laughs> it was like it was like uh, the uh, second coming of christ of like what the hell is happening right now for yankee fans this week and, and, the and yankees were the romans too.
1: in this I, I, in this uh, metaphor you're going for here they're not i don't think i don't know well how, how is the second you made the second coming of christ sound like a bad thing for the yankees
0: oh my bad i guess not <laughs> uh
1: <laughs> i was i, was,
0: I needed was to make surprising sure. i guess what i'm saying is it's a surprising event
1: he's back sure how, yeah how no was, yeah the romans were probably like holy shit oh again fuck? wow Jeez. oh god and then this he started guy, this guy huh <laughs> <laughs> who, who could have seen this coming not me buddy uh... I thought we were done <laughs> he's back again oh uh, man theo back so yeah it's very very very
0: very strange for the alias this week
1: yeah uh, meanwhile the Mets we signed Jake Diekman. thank you for I him, know. for fixing I him. Know. And then Liverpool we signed, didn't
0: uh, even show up. Awesome. We
1: signed Shintaro Fujinami as well. We did great things. The Mets going to be well. electric.
0: Gonna be really pissing me off.
1: All right. Uh I think that's that's all we got.
0: So Yeah, you're sad uh, about Liverpool. Oh dude, how could I not be? They didn't yeah. even show up though. It's like they didn't deserve to win. Yeah, Aaron I mean,
1: was big happy today. It was fun, watch. it was fun be, watching. It was fun watching Aaron watch Arsenal.
0: They uh were way better. It's not even like an ex- there's no excuse to be had. Period. No, no, you
1: suck today. See, here's the thing. Uh, I remember how angry you were at the Rangers on night four of the year. Yeah, you don't sound nearly as angry as you should be.
0: I, I'm trying not to get worked up about it.
1: Oh, this is bullshit. <laughs> this is a load of horseshit. What you're doing right now?
0: I'll, I'll go. I'll go in. I'll go in. No Endo. No Sobas Lai. tweets his hamstring randomly. Playing Tiago in the last 10 minutes is like, is he the savior? What's going on? Like, we put Luis Diaz right back, right at the back. I don't understand. Trent Alexander-Arnold played 57 minutes. The offense does not have Mo Salah. Period. End of story. What does the offense run through? Trent Alexander-Arnold. I know he's coming off injury. I understand. The sub makes... Absolutely no fucking sense. This is a must there's two must-win games left in the series. It is a it is the game versus Arsenal, which they lost today, and now it is March 9th versus Man City. You lose or tie versus Man City on March 9th, season's over. That's it. It's right off to the sunset, Klopp you might win Europa. Awesome. Congratulations. Fuck. Sorry.
1: Oh, have we podcasted since Klopp announced that he's a little pissed, baby, and doesn't want to do this anymore? I'm, I I don't have the energy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you you want a you wrestling analogy there. Remember when uh, Shawn Michaels was like, I need to go find my smile. Uh, everybody yeah, hated that yeah, shit.
0: Yeah. Look, I think, I think I'm think i not mad at Klopp. I'll put it that way. I'm not well, mad you at him. shouldn't
1: be. He gave me a lot.
0: I'm not mad at him at all. I think he's doing it's, – it's really hard to go out uh, when you're in it's such a good place.
1: I do so. want you to know that my mind did melt a little bit when we were talking to Jeff and all of a sudden it clicked that the devils are the Mets. I heard so. it like it, he was like i don't know man i can't be angry at Ruff. he did so many great things last year and oh as god, he was saying it i was like oh my god and then he kept going on he's like we have all these other problems that we need to worry about and i was like oh my god and he's like and people are injured and i was like oh it's, it's me jeff's me, <laughs> <Just> me. <laughs> before what about greatness
0: uh, all right um I don't know what happened in the open. If it was great or not. Congratulations. We we'll either back. won
1: or we lost, I think.
0: Yeah, cool. We'll be back later this week. Uh, road show for me this week as I'm traveling mm. and uh, we'll talk to you guys then. Love you guys. Bye. Hey, it's the end of the show where I like to thank our NHL insider members for supporting this show and all our other patrons subscribers. But uh, first I will thank the NHL insider club members where I talk to them every single week. About many, many, many things. Adam Cohen. I'm Curtis Hullo. Adam Keach. Alex Flynn. Alex, Carter. Amber Burger, Andrew Ronner, Anthony Gray. Anthony Marturo. Anthony Tanda Greta. Ari Zanger. Brent Waters. Ben Water. Weber. Ben, Bill awesome Bill Rattel, Brendan Lacos. Brendan Magnum. Brendan Grager. Bre- McGinnis. Brian Doherty. Brian Doyle. Brian Gallagher. Brian Malan. Brian Farrell. Cassidy. Cassidy. Oh, nope. Cj. Chris Finelli. Chris Farrell. Chris Cj Sellwagen. Connor Pedemage, Daniel Delaney. Daniel Dizan. David Aridin. David Siegel. GJ Banana Jazz. Dylan, Breschneider, Eric Stagg, Garrett Reynas, Greg, Greg Gretzky McFly, Harrison Haskell, Halo Vanilla, Hip 89 Jack Bagley, Jack Grogan, Jay Keith, James Masker, Jerry Marquez, Jason Stewart, Jason Zembraski. going to the next page, uh, Josh Hardesty, John Johnny Shea, Donny, Johnny Thundercock, Jordan, Josh Kestenbaum, Josh White, Chris from Florida, Chris Crider, Die, Lara Ross, Lee Plummer, L- uh, Leschik, Gronowski, down Matthew Goodwin, Matthew Kine, Meatball the Cat, Mike, Kanick, Mike, Mike Bucklaw, Mike Mancuzu, Mike Pasternak, Nate Hannafiel, Nix. Welcome. Uh, Neil Grover, Pal, uh, Palms for Prez, Nicholas Nicola, Other Slash, Pascal Perrier, Paul J. Smith, Pavel, Phoenix Ignition, Pages, Sparrow, Randy Tesser, Ryan Sieb, Ryan Watch, Miracle, yes, yes, Swingart, The Drop PK, Tommy Sinclair, Tommy Tedeschi, Tommy O'Neill Tony, O'Neill, Tony Gregory, Tony, the original supporter, Tony from Manhattan, the original supporter, Vinny Brocco, Will Spector, and of the Gold Retriever. Park, park bark, 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 bark. Okay. Another fun show in the books. A little, I don't know, different this week. Is it different? It's probably the same stuff as always. Uh, Been a long time without Rangers hockey. Uh, We got one game in the books. A long season to go. I'm recording this before that game because I'm in the streets of Austin right now. So I will uh, see you guys for BSBOT later this week. No idea when that's recording. I'm going to figure that out as well. And love you guys. Talk to you then. Bye.